On episode 362 of Nintendo Switchcraft, we've got the 79th annual shareholders meeting from Nintendo. We've got some more information about Fire Emblem Three Houses, and we've got feedback from you guys. Stick around. It's time for Nintendo Switchcraft. Hey, hey, this is Johnny Link from Rhode Island, and you're listening to Nintendo Switchcraft. Brought to you live four times a week on, well, I don't know what days yet. I think it's going to be on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, but uh, those those are not in stone as of yet. Uh, tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Hit the follow button, and that way, whenever we do do these episodes live, you will be notified. Uh, you'll get an email, and you can click on that, or it'll just pop up on your phone if you've got notifications set up. And uh, you'll pop up on your phone, you'll hit that button, you'll be brought right here, and you'll get to see this bald weirdo talking about video games. Uh, This episode of Switchcraft is made possible by patrons like Brian R. Get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar by joining the Patreon over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Uh, you can also leave a voicemail uh, that I can play on the show by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash voicemail from any device, and I might even play it on the show like I did that one earlier. Okay, uh, before we get started, uh, I want to say uh, I want to say thank you to uh, 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 Francisco, who he he volunteered to fix my Joy-Con. I had the the, the dreaded Joy-Con drift. And I tried to fix it. I went out and I bought some spray. I sprayed some stuff in here that was supposed to be electronic contact cleaner. And after that, my home button stopped working. And I was like, son of a gun. So uh, I decided, okay, I already busted it enough. I'm going to go and buy the screwdriver set. Throw good money after bad. And I bought a screwdriver set. I took this thing apart and it was really complicated way more complicated than i thought so uh you know i was complaining about it on the show and francisco said hey man why don't you send that to me and i'll fix it and i figured hey why not so he i sent it to him and uh he sent it back and he even sent back the the old joystick uh part of the nintendo uh, uh, uh the old joystick part of the joy con he sent that back as well uh, but he replaced it. The the home button works again. You still, I mean, I screwed it up probably. Uh, so you got to push the home button kind of hard. This will definitely be a player two Joy-Con. Uh, but I just wanted to say thank you to him for uh, fixing that for me. It was really, really uh, generous of him. Uh, and he and I, I asked, I said, hey man, what do I owe you for shipping? He said, don't even worry about it. So super nice guy. Uh, he's fantastic. All right. Uh, let's talk about the, oh, you know, oh gosh, I almost forgot. I got some big news. Uh, big news. Are you guys ready for some big news? I hope you are. All right, here we go. Um, in August, at the end of August, uh, I'm bringing up my calendar so that I can, so I can get this right because, you know, I can't remember things. Um, in August from Friday, the 30th of August until... Uh, Monday, the 2nd of September, 
I am going to be at DragonCon, which I am very, very excited about. Uh, now, I've been to a Comic-Con twice now. I went to a Comic-Con today. It was the Salt City Comic-Con. It's roughly an hour from my house. I drove down there. It was it was pretty drab. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad, but it, it just, you know, it felt a little sparse. Uh, I also took my family to the Montreal Comic-Con this summer, uh, and that was really fun. We had a blast. Uh, that, that was kind of a bigger deal than the Salt City Comic-Con. Uh, but DragonCon is like, this is a pretty big deal. And I, this is bananas, but I'm going to be speaking at DragonCon this year at three different panels. I can't tell you what the panels are uh, yet because those panels have yet to be announced. But uh, if you are going to be at DragonCon this year and you want to... Uh, meet up with me, uh, make sure that you join the Discord and I will be able to give out more information at that point or, or I'll be able to give out more information uh, on, the disc on the Discord. And of course, I'll talk about it on future episodes as well. But I'm very excited. I'll be speaking at three panels, maybe four at DragonCon. And uh, I'm very, very excited for that. Okay, let's let's talk about Nintendo news. It's We've got the 79th annual shareholders meeting, and uh, you know what I could do? I could take this and spread it out over a whole bunch of episodes. In fact, I was I was going to different websites uh, looking for what Nintendo news I was going to include in this episode, and sure enough, they have a different article for every single thing in here. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go over the entire thing. If you want to go to the full Q&A, you can read it over at the URL. That's If you're watching this on the video, it's on screen. Otherwise, just go to the show notes and you can, you can get a link to it there. Uh, but let's talk about the questions that people asked and the Nintendo answers. So question number one, and I'm not going to go through every single question either because there's some of the stuff that just isn't... I, I don't know, I didn't find interesting, and I, I highlighted the stuff that I found interesting. So question one, uh, they said, the strength of the Nintendo Switch is the many Nintendo titles to be enjoyed, but it also has a weakness in that you cannot play some AAA titles from other major software publishers. Some of those titles do get ported to the Nintendo Switch after a while, but as other companies launch their next-gen gaming systems next year and beyond and open a performance gap with the Nintendo Switch, won't it become even more difficult to port such games? And I think that this 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 is a very good question, and I think that uh, the person who's asking it, uh, they, they've hit the nail on the head. It's going to be difficult for developers to port games that are made for the PS5 uh, or the Xbox Next um, it's going to be difficult for them to port those games to the Nintendo Switch because the Nintendo Switch is so much less powerful than those consoles. So uh, Mr. Furukawa, he is the director and president of Nintendo. He said, depending on their... And, and this is not his full quote, okay? I, I won't be doing the full quote every time. Uh, he said, depending on their circumstances, every software publisher needs something different from our hardware for their business. So we need to maintain an environment in which we can closely communicate with each of these companies. We currently offer a user-friendly development environment meant to lower the barriers to developing games 
for our platforms with support for a number of versatile game engines that are already familiar to many developers. All right, so what he's saying there is, is look, we have made it so much easier to make games for the Switch than our previous hardware. Uh, the Wii U and the Wii were notorious for being kind of difficult to work with. Not that Nintendo was hard to work with, but it was hard to get those devices to do what they needed to do. And, uh, you know, when the Switch came out, I, I personally spoke to uh, quite a few developers uh, who have had on the show in the past, and they've all told me the same thing. They've all said uh, the Switch is a dream to program for. It's so much easier than anything else from Nintendo that they've ever dealt with. So that's a really, really good thing. He also mentions engines. Uh, the Switch supported from the very beginning, they supported the major engines that people are using. Uh, and these get, these game engines... Uh, they make it possible so that when you when you write for let's say let's say that you use Unity, okay, you write your game, you use Unity. When you're done, you you hit like a check mark, and it, I'm sure it's not exactly like a check mark, but for all intents and purposes, I'm I'm simplifying things. You hit a check mark for Xbox, a check mark for PS4, a check mark for Nintendo Switch, a check mark for PC, and you hit the render button or the the compile button or the the make it happen button and then they you know it makes the games and then you go through and you fix all the little bugs that that come out and then you've got your game released on multiple platforms and it also happens that you know that's that's a lot of games are run on phones using those same engines because those these engines are made so that they are easy for them to port from one uh one of the things that's great about the engines is just it makes it easy to port from one platform to the next. So while this person who's asking the question is not wrong, uh, they're they're definitely not wrong that it is difficult to port games to less powerful systems. And when the Xbox Next and the PS5 come out, uh, that's going to make things more difficult. Nintendo is in a better spot than they've been in a very long time. Uh, so then Mr. Furukawa goes on and he says, uh, these game engines are being actively used not only by independent game developers, but also by development teams at large to mid-sized software publishers. So you can expect announcements from a variety of quality titles moving forward. And I think that's really important and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he points that out. So uh, yes, uh, the questioner is not wrong. Uh, but I think that Nintendo has a ridiculously good library with the Switch right now, and the fact that it already has a big library library means that, and a, and a large install base, means that to developers it is a very attractive platform because that's a lot of eyeballs that they can put their game in front of. All right, let's fast forward to question four. Uh, question four, it says, there is an impression that Nintendo has been a little slow to join large global trends like the mobile business and releasing games that use virtual reality. The current global discussion now is of the entrance of major corporations into cloud computing and streaming games, as well as alliances between rivals in the arena of cloud gaming. 
All right, so what is this person talking about? Well, first off, they're talking about the fact that it took Nintendo an extremely long time to make their first mobile game, while other developers are making lots and lots of mobile games uh, because it's a big platform that has lots of eyeballs. You know, just the same thing that I was talking about before. Uh, Nintendo finally got their stuff in front of those eyeballs with games like Super Mario Run, Fire Emblem Heroes, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Uh, and so the the questioner is is basically saying it took you guys a long damn time to see that the grass, that, that, that you could make a lot of money over here. What is taking you so long? All right. So that's kind of where he's coming from. What else is he talking about? He's also talking about the fact that Google Stadia is coming uh, November. It's coming in November. And in October, we're going to have xCloud launching. That's Microsoft's streaming platform. Uh, PlayStation has their PS Now. And uh, I think that they're also, you know, they're working on stuff. They kind of uh, have a memorandum of agreement, which is what I think it was called. A memorandum of agreement with Microsoft in order to use their Azure uh uh, servers in order to maybe do some cloud stuff. We'll we'll see. The ink is still kind of wet on that agreement, and we really don't know much about it. But basically, uh, he's saying, look, cloud gaming is coming, and it's coming fast, and Nintendo is always slow to adopt to this stuff, uh, so what are you going to do? Uh, so then the, the questioner continues. They said, what are Nintendo's thoughts on these trends, and how do you plan to respond? Also, how does Nintendo plan to respond to the change in communication standards from 4G to 5G? All right, so he's kind of got a bunch of questions in there. Let's see what Mr. Furukawa says. Uh, Mr. Furukawa, again, president of Nintendo, he says, while we don't expect all games to become cloud games anytime soon, the technologies are definitely advancing. We see a future where cloud and streaming technologies will develop more and more as a means of delivering games to consumers. If these changes increase the worldwide gaming population, that will just give us more opportunities with our integrated hardware and software development approach to reach people worldwide with the unique entertainment that Nintendo can provide. So what's his answer? His answer is Nintendo does things differently. And if Google entering this and making cloud gaming uh, popular. If, if, if Google succeeds in making cloud gaming popular, that means that there's going to be more gamers. And those other gamers might see Nintendo stuff and they might say, you know what, I'm going to check out a Nintendo Switch and maybe it's going to be awesome and maybe it won't, who knows. But uh, I think that I think that Nintendo... I don't think that Nintendo is just sitting by idly and not paying attention to cloud gaming. They tend not to say anything until they have something of their own to announce. They don't tend to um, react to the market. Uh, Mr. Miyamoto, uh, he is, well, I mean, it's Mr. Miyamoto. Everybody knows who Shiggy is. Uh, Mr. Miyamoto says, we have not fallen behind with either VR or network services. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I do think that you that, that Nintendo has fallen behind when it comes to both VR and their networking services. I, I disagree with what Mr. Miyamoto says here. I take issue with it. Uh, however, uh, he makes a very good point. He says, we worked on them 
from the very beginning. If you're watching this on my YouTube channel, you can see on the shelf behind me, I've got a Virtual Boy. I mean, Nintendo was the first people to the market with a home consumer device that you could put this thing up to your eyeballs and and get migraines. Uh, obviously, it's much better now. Um, but Nintendo, uh, that you know, they were they they did Satellaview. Uh, where there's the weird thing with the Super Nintendo, where you would plug it in and it would use satellite to beam stuff to your to your Super Nintendo. It was crazy. Uh, every once in a while, I hit a button and and the Satellaview commercial will play because it's a it's a random button. But I don't think that Nintendo. Uh, I, he he's right. They worked on them from the beginning. However, they haven't released anything in the modern area of VR and their network services. While only twenty dollars a year compared to which is one third of the cost of the competition, what you get for that twenty dollars a year, uh, twenty dollars a year is pretty anemic and not all that great. Uh, anyway, uh, Mr. Miyamoto goes on to say. Uh, We don't publicize our work on this, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, uh, until we release a product. So it may look like we're falling behind uh, with these things, but it's just because we're not talking about something until we're ready to release it. Uh, He then says, in regards to VR, we think we have created a product that is easy for consumers to use in the recently released Nintendo Labo Toy-Con VR kit. Okay, maybe. I think it's I think it's pretty okay, but that's just it. It's okay, and it does not stack up against the competition as far as other VR um, options there are. Like I was at I was at um, the Montreal Comic Con um, uh, a couple of months back, and uh, I got to try uh, Beat Saber uh, on in VR, and it was astounding it was astounding and uh, the the vr kit for for nintendo labo is it is i mean it's just it's like a tricycle next to uh a ferrari it's a big difference uh so i i don't think that that that's a good comparison but you know if that's what you want to say nintendo uh he goes on to say that i think that cloud gaming will become more widespread in the future but I have no doubt that there will continue to be games that are fun because they are running locally and not in the cloud. Okay, I I disagree with this as well. If you can run a game locally, then you can also run it in the cloud. There's, I feel like there's very little about a game that's run locally that makes it more fun, okay? There's no feature that you can have locally that you can't have in the cloud but there are features that you can have in the cloud that you can't have locally um that does that mean that the games that are played locally are not fun absolutely not i i i 100 think that games that are played locally have the ability to be fun uh but i just don't think that he's making a lot of sense here um that being said you know he's trying to defend his platform and and i can understand that uh Director and senior executive officer from Nintendo, Mr. Shiota, uh, responds to the 5G stuff. Uh, He said, 5G can send a large amount of data without latency. We are aware that this technology has been gaining a lot of attention and Nintendo is also investigating it. However, we don't only chase trends in technology. And that's totally true. Nintendo 
waits and until some uh, like a technology is mature and then they utilize it because it's it usually works better that way. Uh, he also says cost is an extremely important factor when it comes to 5G. It is difficult to use even outstanding technology if the cost is too high. So we will continue to also thoroughly investigate the cost of new technologies. Now, of course, I saw a bunch of headlines that showed like a Nintendo Switch, like a Nintendo Switch with 5G on it. And people are going to see those headlines and they're going to think, oh, Nintendo is going to make a, a Nintendo Switch that has, you know, built in uh, uh, 5G. So then they can have their online anywhere. That is nonsense. It's not going to happen. At least it's not going to happen anytime soon. In fact, I wouldn't expect to see that for five, maybe 10 years. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll hit question number five. Now you're playing with power. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Question number five. Uh, currently, some game companies develop, have developed a subscription-based business model, but Nintendo is lagging behind other companies in this regard. How will this business model be employed in the future? Mr. Furukawa replies, we believe that we need to further enrich these sorts of services in the future nintendo's policy is that we will consider whether each product we offer is suited to a subscription model as we expand our business in the future and he is right nintendo needs to enrich their their um, features nintendo switch online is fine but you don't want to have something be fine you want something to be awesome you know it's like let's say that you got a big date right and you work really hard, you cook all of the food, and you make all of the dinner, and, and uh, you, your, your date sits down, and you're like, what do you think of the date? Or, or I'm sorry, of the, of the food. And they say, it's fine. You're going to be like, oh. And that's how I would describe Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, it's fine. And that, that's just not good enough. We want better. Uh, question number eight. There are rumors of a new Nintendo... Oh, actually, I already, I already talked about this, so I'll just highlight it and move on. Uh, there are rumors of a new Nintendo Switch form factor, but is one actually being developed? Mr. Furukawa says, we can't comment because that would uh, ruin uh, surprises. Uh, we will let you know as soon as there's anything ready to be announced. Question nine. Uh, and I know, it seems like, why is Bill skipping over that? Because a few episodes ago, I went into that, like, detailed, uh, my thoughts on that. So go back and listen to that. Uh, question number nine. Uh, there hasn't been any coverage for a while of the quality of life businesses announced earlier. Uh, that was like some sleep thing that Nintendo was working on. Uh, and a lot of people just assume, myself included, that Nintendo had shelved it. Uh, so 
Uh, the question goes on and says, is it related at all to the Pokemon company's Pokemon Sleep, which was announced the other day? I'd like to hear more about the future direction of the quality of life business. Mr. Furukawa responds, it was a while ago. But as a challenge to ourselves to expand the business into new areas, we announced an initiative to develop products that would improve the quality of life for consumers in fun ways. R&D on the theme of quality of life is still underway, but we don't have anything that is ready to be presented to consumers as a Nintendo product. Quality of life is a theme that we will research and develop on. Uh, and then the, 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 the big takeaway from this is... That Pokemon sleep thing is not Nintendo's baby. That is the Pokemon company's baby. Nintendo's working on their 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 own uh, baby, if you will. All right, number 13. Question number 13 uh, says, looking at this year's E3, it seems like the mainstream for video games is the same as it has been for the last 30 years. Wait, the mainstream... It seems like the mainstream for video games is the same as it has been for the past 30 years. Okay, I thought I read that wrong because it sounds weird, but okay. Uh, namely, looking at the screen and playing it with a controller in hand. How do developers regard this, and do they think it will continue? All right. Mr. Takahashi says, uh, We are always dreaming up new things. For one to switch, we suggested people play by looking at each other and not the screen. For uh, And for VR, we thought, how could we change not just the controller, but also the gameplay itself, and came up with the, v the, with the VR kit. Uh, Mr. Miyamoto responded a much more substantive uh, response. He said, Nintendo was the first to create a style of playing games with a plus-shaped directional pad. Thank you, Mr. Gunpei Yokoi, for inventing that, sir, uh, which has now become the indus industry standard. It was also Nintendo that changed the original plus-shaped direction pad, which operated digitally in eight directions, into the first analog input device that moves freely in all directions for Nintendo 64. I know that there's going to be some people who say, Wow, hold on now, Nintendo. There were joysticks before you came along. They're right. Those were digital joysticks. He's talking about an analog joystick, which is very different. Uh, and the analog joystick, um, you know, paired with Mario 64 was, uh, it was, it was a very important event for the gaming industry. Uh, he goes on to say, now this too is very common. We are proud to have created a variety of user interfaces that have now become industry standards. In terms of accuracy and reliability, I believe this style is the clear winner, or as of now. Uh, at the same time, I also believe we should quickly graduate from the current controller, and we are attempting all kinds of things. Our objective is to achieve an interface that surpasses the current controller, where what the player does is directly reflected on the screen, and the user can clearly feel the result. This has not been achieved yet. As the company that knows the most about controllers, we have been striving to create a controller that can be used with ease that will become the standard for the next generation. And that is really, really cool. I love, that's one of the things about Nintendo that is amazing is they experiment with controls. Sometimes we get the abomination that is the Nintendo 64, although without that, we would not have the, the analog sticks that we have today. Um, sometimes uh, we get the D-pad and things like that. And sometimes we get things like the Wii controller, the Wii remote and the nunchuck, which is really, really weird, but it also was pretty decent. And 
uh like you could use it uh ambidextrally so you could switch hands if you were left-handed so i think that's pretty cool uh mr shiota says the hardware development team is also taking on the challenge related to controllers but from all the devices born from this effort only a handful will reach the consumer as products however i guarantee that we're going to see lots of patents that will get released and people will see those patents and they'll be like, oh, my God, Nintendo's making this weirdo thing. And then we will never see that thing. But they're still going to patent it just so somebody else doesn't do it. Uh, we've not yet invented an all-purpose controller that is unlike any of the current devices. Then again, the conventional controller has slowly evolved from the traditional setup of a plus-shaped directional pad with A and B buttons. For example, when you take aim in Splatoon, the action may seem conventional, conventional, but the motion sensor gives a wonderful feel to the operation. So even if things may look the same, we are steadily embedding new technologies and finding good ways to use them. One of Nintendo's strengths is that we do not just think about hardware, but are constantly thinking about it in conjunction with software. And we will continue to put our best efforts in that area. And I think that's something to keep in mind. Like, yeah, Microsoft might have some first-party games, and Sony might also have some first-party games. But I feel like Nintendo are the ones that say, how can we make a new game and have a new control mechanism that goes along with it? And that's really, really hard to do. Uh, and Nintendo seems to be the ones that can pull it off. All right, moving forward to question 20. This is taking a lot longer than I thought. Uh, question 20, a Nintendo Switch Online subscription is very inexpensive, so the barrier to entry feels low. But on the other hand, the content of the services feels rather weak. How will you enhance the service going forward? Mr. Furukawa says the number of subscribers is 10 million. I don't that's not asking, that's not answering his question. All right, answer the question. So here's what he said. We recognize that making Nintendo Switch Online service attractive to users is extremely important and will continue to make the content of the service even more appealing going forward. Uh, basically, he says, it's really great, uh, but we're going to make it greater. But he didn't really say how they were going to make it greater. I really wish that we would get Super Nintendo games on there uh, because it just seems crazy that it's not. All right, I just closed my show notes, dang it. Um, so... That's Nintendo's investor notes. Again, if you want to uh, see the the entire thing, every single question, because again, I didn't look at every single one, go to runjumpstomp.com. This is episode 362, and you can read the whole thing. Uh, let's um, take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk uh, all about Fire Emblem Three Houses for just a little bit, and then I'm going to wrap up the show, I think. Good times. Okay, uh, so here we go. Uh, we got a interview with Jou Video, which is uh, video games in French. Thank you, high school French class, for teaching me that. Uh, but JouVideo.com, I'm probably pronouncing it horribly, so please don't be angry at me. Uh, but they were talking to the director of Fire Emblem Three Houses, Mr. And I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this name, but I'm gonna do my best. Kasukahira, uh, Kasukahara. Kasuka, oh my God, Kasuka, oh my God, that's embarrassing. Uh, the director of Fire Emblem Three Houses. And, you know, if you want to read the whole interview, make sure that you go to the show notes, follow the link. But there was one part that was really, really stood out to me. And I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, they said, uh, they were talking about how long Fire Emblem Three Houses is going, is going to be. And Mr. Kasukihira uh, said, 
to end the game with just one, just one of the three houses, it took me, this is the director of the game, it took me 80 hours. I did not cut the vocals or cut scenes, of course. So if you want to do the three paths, it can take you more than 200 hours. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I, I've talked about this on the show before, that uh, games can get really, really long. And I, I, I know that there's going to be people out there that, who hear uh, 80 hours for just one of the houses. That means we're going to get 240 hours of gameplay. And they're really, really excited about that. And while that sounds awesome, there's so many games coming out this year. And I don't have time in my life for 80 hours just for one house. So I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I mean, I'm going to get Fire Emblem. I know I was going to get it. I'm I'm very, very excited to play Fire Emblem Three Houses. But I knew it was going to be a huge game. But good God, 80 hours for just one of the houses? That's just crazy to me. Although, you know, it remains to be seen how different the gameplay will be from the three different houses. Like, you, you, know, you know what I mean? Um... Uh, will it actually be different missions or will it be the same missions, but from a different perspective that that's kind of that that's the kind of thing I'm not sure about, but 80 hours for just one is a daunting uh, idea. All right. I have a whole bunch of feedback from you guys and it's already a half hour into the show. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wrap it up and uh, all of the feedback is going to be a light switch, which I will have come out either tomorrow or Monday, depending on uh, how much time I have. I will say this. Uh, I, I did get one piece. Uh, you know what? No, I'm going to take all of the feedback and throw it into the light switch. All right, let's let's wrap up the show. Let's button it up and uh, uh, set this one uh, sailing. Uh, become a part of the community over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. You can watch the show live when I record it. Uh, on twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Get a hold of me through email at runjumpstomp at gmail.com or you can send a tweet at me at runjumpstomp. You can use the hashtag Nintendo Switchcraft. If you are looking for ways to support the show, stop by runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. Don't forget, we got Prime Day coming up. If you're not an Am- if you are an Amazon Prime member and if you're not, you can get a free Amazon Prime account for 30 days by going to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. That way you can take advantage of Prime Day. For more details, go back an episode. I talked about it on there. And for more content like this, check out runjumpstomp.com slash shows, the music you're hearing right now. Corneria, Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. It's awesome. You're awesome. Thank you for being awesome. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.